We're on. All right, so Spencer. warning. Sorry, mate, you go. No, that's right. I was just going to say a warning for this. If, if I'm going to have to jump out, there's a fucking little whippet in a cage behind me. And he's already torn the house apart and he starts barking because I, I may have roused on him. So I came home and there was fucking shit everywhere. And my thongs had been chewed in half. And I love dogs. So he'll probably start barking in a minute and then I have to put him outside. But after that, we'll be good. All right. Tell me a story, Max. What are we talking about today? Uh, well, we were just trying to figure out how to do over-the-air podcasting during COVID. I don't know if this new t- t- style is going to work or not. Seems pretty good. Only took, us, only took us to the end of COVID to figure it out. <laughs> Mate, everyone does these, but people do podcasts like this as normal. Like Until you get, like, fuck you money, like Joe Rogan, everybody just does Skype podcasts. So... I think we just got a little bit excited when we were moving around trying to get people live in studios that we didn't have. But this works. You just need to get an 80 buck um, camera from Amazon. No, I think we'll keep the resolution as low res on my end as possible. You get more return viewers. Nah, nah it's got to be sexy. Um, yeah, I think I think after going through all that research uh, for this TMP stuff, um, doing nutrition and gut bacteria is something that that's probably I didn't know how quite the role you sort of pay it off don't you but I didn't quite know the role that bacteria in your gut biome has on your body so. well that's what we need to fucking start telling people I mean do we so when's the, what was the last podcast we did Tristan that was, that was Coves and Tristan so it's been a while mm. that was pre-stomp um. Yeah, I don't really want to go into an update on where we're at with all that because that's that's like a another four weeks, I think, another three or four weeks, and we'll start letting people know where we're at with the app. Um, getting super sexy, and then the TMP. Does everyone? What's it say? Go. What's a TMP? Training management package. So, like in the army, they do. Um, it's it's sort of a layout for how they how to instruct and stuff like that, and then inside it's got lessons. So to do all the research for that, we sort of do it up the team in our areas of expertise about where where people can research and look at. Um, we're doing uh, knowledge broking is is, the, is what we're sort of aiming to do, and nutrition is the area that uh, I sort of fell into. So let's see if we can. Yeah. Impart some knowledge. So drop some on me, mate, because you rang me three times in the last two weeks, late at night, super excited with a new zinger. So I'm sure you got plenty more. I want to hear all of them. Because this, I mean, so the, the, the reason why I got super excited about this is because when I left the army and started fit and fresh and that, I just researched nutrition for, for years. And it was just all like everything you look at, especially when I started talking to dietitians and stuff. It was just all macros. There's a little bit of micronutrient stuff coming out, and then everyone's just looking at how to balance macros so you get skinny. And that's not, by the sounds of it, not 100% correct, or it's not where you should be focusing your energy anyway. So, what do you found? No. Uh, so, uh, it, it goes back. So most of the research for your gut biome for microbiota for actually mapping the all the bugs are in your stomach so we talk about the the human the biome the microbiome which is um everything on your skin in your body in your face all these different places that's the biome and when we talk about a biota that is a specific area of the body so your skin microbiota would would refer only to all the microorganisms living on your skin uh, those that are beneficial and that aren't um when we talk about the gut microbiota we're talking about all of the stuff that's living in your stomach and up until about 19 1908 about the 19th century there was a there was a pretty famous russian scientist uh oh, what was his fucking name and and up until then they sort of they sort of thought that Keegan, do you want to have yeah, get Keegan. Give Keegan a fucking job, mate. Start Googling. Russian 
gut biome, 90-something. <laughs> hey, your big spider finger is going to be coming up in the video. Because when, when you Google ah, stuff, it's like this. Boys, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cameras on the bottom, it's fucking outrageous. <laughs> 80 bucks. Well, is it Eli? That's the one. Yeah, Eli. What's his last name? Uh, something mentioned of Russian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so up until then, they were, they were sort of like saying, oh, the stomach's just this big cauldron of, of acid that just whatever you put in there, it just just a noxious pit. And, you know, you put it in there, it, it dissolves it, and then you shit it out. And what they did was people who had stomach upsets, they just went in there and just chopped out parts of your intestines. So – um, I think this is all going pretty well. Uh, and then he sort of started studying that there was actual beneficial bacteria that helped you live longer or do certain things. And he started studying some some of the countries out in uh, like Bulgaria and shit like that. And they said that um, they they do like a fermented milk, and their life expectancy was was exponentially greater than most people living in modern. Uh, so like France, Europe, all the, all the actual more modern, more civilized uh, places, uh, and I mean, effectively, he did his own experiments on himself, and and he did it with um, the first experiment he did on himself was fuck. You better get busy typing, Keegan, and I'll give you. <laughs> <laughs> What are those? <laughs> what are those famous? Uh, what are those? What's those real common, common diseases? I know he's killing everyone back in the day, mate. So he decided to eat a big broth of it. His wife died, right? So he's like, I'm going to commit suicide, and he drank a big broth of this fucking suicide drink, and it didn't kill him. What, uh, what, what era are we talking about? Nineteen, well, nineteen hundreds. In he was living in everything. Oh, bloody, we're gonna fire the typer, mate. Anyway, he he drinks his shit to try and get himself sick, and he didn't get sick. Yeah, so he fucked up. Didn't get sick. So then he was like, "Oh, let's do some study (laughs) on it." (laughs) He tried to suicide by plague. That's a terrible way to go, mate. Well, it was pretty – the disease he, he drank was actually pretty um, – it's deadly. Uh, and up until then, he didn't get sick. And then so he's like, oh, so he gave it to his mate as well. They were going to study it. So he gave it to his mate as well. He didn't get sick. So like, oh, this is pretty cool. Third dude they got in, they're like, hey, man, this is we're, – we're pretty interesting. They gave it to him. Uh, and he got like violently ill, hospitalized, and nearly died. Uh, typhoid. I think it was typhoid. Typhoid. So he's like, cheers, you gave me typhoid. And yeah, now he died. Right. And he didn't die. Oh, he didn't die. The third guy. No. no. All right, so I'm, I'm, what do we prove? What does he prove? Uh, your, your gut microbiota can actually protect you from, from stuff or it can be detrimental to you. Uh, stuff is going to grow inside your stomach, your intestines, or your GI tract. It's just up to us to figure out what we want to grow in there. So – most of the most of the bad bacteria, like E. coli, um, Candida, like all these different bacterias, they will grow. It's not a vacuum of space; it's going to grow no matter what. Uh, and you just we just got to pick what we do. So uh, sauerkraut and a lot of other bacterias, they actually outcompete other bad bacteria that they're growing like plague proportions in your stomach. Um, simply by the fact that they can cling to the mucosal layer in your stomach better as opposed to E. coli being in there. So if you do get sick, it's got nowhere to grow. It's like when you weed a garden or you cut all the trees down, the first things to grow, because it's a it's a it's an empty space, the first things to grow is like grass, weeds or whatever. And then all you gotta do is keep this all chopped down and actually regrow what you want to grow in there. So colonics and stuff. Shit. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, go on, go on with colonics, good or bad. I don't know, man. Um, 
there's a couple of there's a couple of uh, leading um, scientists that did some studies, and they said colonics are kind of actually bad because uh, unless you're gut back, unless you're a giant, overweight, unhealthy person, so whatever, it's it's actually could be bad for you because you're washing all of the guts, all of your microbiota out and damaging the mucosal layer and the lining. Oh, mate, good timing. Swebsy booked me in for one this weekend. I might have to cancel well, the, it. I mean, and this is the thing, right? So we don't know the effects that it has on your body, but there's there's particular strains of bacteria that they've isolated that either they're like they're literally anti-obesity bacteria. Um, I think uh, acidophilus, L bacteria, acidophilus, that's what I some of them have got literally they got two rice in a completely sterile rooms. They bred both of them. They gave one of them the intestinal juices or bacteria or flora of an unhealthy person, but they also gave them this bacteria. And in the other one, they gave it nothing. They just gave them the stomach juice, like of a stomach intestinal flora of, of a fat person. One mouse got fat, one mouse didn't. And same food. Same food, exactly the same food. Yeah, right. And I'm guessing, so which one got fat? The one with the fat one's gut? The one with the fat one's stomach, but with no bacterial support, mate. And it's, you can, the, the thing people have to worry about is there, there's two real problems with, with bacteria from shops is A, have they isolated the correct strain? So, there are uh, 35,000 different cells in the microbiota that might make up all the bacteria in your stomach. It's about one between one kilo and three and a half kilos of bacteria, viruses, helmets that make up your stomach GI tract, one to four kilos. Of that, there's like there could be 35,000, 40,000 different strains of bacteria that's in your stomach. And then yeah, within right. those strains, there's different um, – so uh, within those strains, there's kind of like different subspecies of bacteria that do different things. So if you say, oh, we've got um, L. bacteria plantarium or whatever it is, and then they go, yeah, well, we've got that too – but it's different strains of that, that that they've isolated that have got positive effects and don't. But generally speaking. So as as this shit becomes more mainstream, someone's going to find a way to market a name of bacteria because they're like, oh, that's the one that people have heard of. Let's just stick that they've stuff done on it. it. And really, they've already done it. Yeah, so so Inner Health Plus do it. Inner Health Plus do it with, um, I think they have acidophilus as one of their main uh and then bifidobacterium or I don't know, fuck, whatever. Uh, and then after that, there'll be a particular strain that they've isolated that they think has positive effects. Um, the, the European Union has said that probiotics as a term are beneficial proven bacteria that actually have an effect on human wellness. And so they've, they don't allow any, any food products in Europe to call their stuff probiotics you just have to say it's got bacteria in it because there's so many different strains that they're just like no 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 because you're all gonna fuck it and say oh no we've all got this beneficial bacteria we've got probiotics in ours uh yes that's what left sort of left-leaning latte sipping people that just want to make up their own kombucha you kind of have to be real careful where you're getting it from and there's no governing body there's no way to test it. Yeah, so this is this is the shit part because we've got obviously none of us are super scientists. I don't. Can you fuck? Can you even trust super scientists anymore? Like, well, the research in this is one thing. One. Sorry, go. The research in this is is about five years old, mate. It's, it's literal studies from this, uh, 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 as old as five years. It goes. It goes. This scientist in 1908. And he's like, hey, gut bacteria is real cool. He won a Nobel Prize for something else. Um, I can't remember what he won his Nobel Prize for. And then he went on to do his studies in, in all this bacteria. It's that stuff. 
that that was from 1908 and it just stopped there for a hundred years. Everyone was like, nah, bacteria, whatever. Like they had a couple of wars to fight and they didn't progress it. And now they're going 2005, they kicked it off probably a little bit earlier. And they're like, ooh, there's some, let's go and map the human gastrointestinal mm. tract. Yeah. So how do we get, how do we filter through the bullshit so that we can pass on actual information to people? Because you've got, like, obviously, you haven't studied this forever. You've, you've, re- you've read a whole bunch of um, research papers, which most of the boys aren't going to read, right? So we're halfway through cutting through the fat so that we can just filter out some good stuff. But then we say, we come forward, like, with social media and go, boys, go and eat good go and get some good probiotics. And then they go to the supermarket and realistically they're going to get kombucha and, and stuff that's 99% sugar with some dead strains of some fucking bacteria that you don't even need. So, so how do we get good ones? Uh, the, the idea is that they they have got stuff that they've isolated that they've proven do good stuff. Like um, without dropping name dropping, I think companies need to have a fair bit of money to – on it does – they would have done background checks, right? But I wouldn't trust companies selling a product. I would. I think that's where Swiss Aid comes from a base, being a being a charity, and and boys already we have cut through because people trust us because we're trying to help people. I think if we come from that, then we are literally pre- presenting the research, suggesting, but not. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but I'm, I mean, so so. <sighs> From from my mind, like you, if if you've done a bunch of research and you're like, these are the good, these are the bacteria you need to get, and best way to go is to go. How do people make this shit at home? Because then you're not worried. Like if there's a way, I mean, this is, I guess this is the way I try and look at everything, right? If there's if there's a, a a buzzword or a name that you can put on something that sells stuff really well, then people do it genuinely at the start. Like grassroots companies pop up and they're trying to make kombucha and they're trying to. Um, make make healthy foods and then they either get really big or someone big like Coke comes along and buys them out and then Coke's like, well, not Coke, but but big drink companies like, uh, we need to increase profit margin so we need to manufacture this shit at 5 million bottles at a time and it needs to sit in a warehouse in the sun for six months before it goes across the other side of the planet and then we're going to stick it in a fridge and we're like, is, is this bacteria staying alive this whole time or are we just is it alive when they bottle it and then it's dead now? And I'm like... Yeah, and... And that's the thing about the strains you're getting and, and the chain of custody or the chain that they can – if a company can prove from from end to end as short as you can that the, the strains are still alive. Like I did it the other day with that um, – we put a post up about that film John milk or whatever it is, the Swedish vitamin milk. Film yolk. Film yolk, whatever yolk. it is. <laughs> so the first, first Days are why. Yeah, well, the thanks – from <laughs> Sweden. That's for no, I've got no idea, mate. But it sounds it sounds pretty bloody Viking, mate. When you say York, well, the first anyway, one I got, I drank on. it, and it was it was fizzy, like tingly, right? yeah, tingly. and that's yeah, what, yeah. And it says it's supposed to do that, and I was like, this is amazing. It's got and it's got fifteen of the. It's pretty much got fifteen of the twelve. It's got twelve of the fifteen bacteria strains that I've been researching for the last three months in it already. And the first one was good to go. And I went and bought a second bottle a couple of weeks, uh, about a week ago, flat as a tag. So does it, mm. is it, is the, is the efficacy still there? Like, or. Nah, John, o, John, o packing shelves at Woolworths, left that one out in the sun for a week. And he's like, yeah, I'll just chuck it on the shelf anyway. Yeah. And that's the same. Then- like when you open that stuff and four days later, you get it back out of the fridge and it's, exposed to oxygen there's no more tingliness so it's dead yeah, it's just, you're just drinking milk yeah you got well you got to find it how long the how long the bacteria lasts it what's its food while it's sitting there has it consumed all the stuff so like beer is it's like little yeast and it poos out alcohol that's how beer's made isn't it they put yeast in poos. it eats sugar and then it poos out alcohol done <laughs> that <laughs> that is that is beer not a scientist, but I'm pretty sure that somebody <laughs> get sugar, get yeast, put it in, put them together, put it in a dark spot, and then it poos, it eats sugar, poos out alcohol, mm-hmm. and we want it to uh, up the bacteria. We do the stuff that it gets rid of. 
so so uh, Lactus uh, Plantarum uh, from from sauerkraut uh, is survives at room temperature. Uh, when it sits in your in your colon and breaks down, it the byproduct it makes is small chain amino uh, small chain fatty acids, and those small chain fatty acids, what it burns uh, is stuff for your memory, your fuel for your brain. That's the first place your brain goes to get short chain fatty acids, and if it, it like it's phenomenal. The stuff it, it's like a well, we could do a series of podcasts just on bacteria. Like I don't know how to get this out there. Mm. Well, I mean, this this is the sales pitch from Swiss Aid anyway, not to our people, but to to um, governments and, and companies. Like we, you, the reason you're researching a lot of this stuff, like we all had it, came into this with a base knowledge of of some of the the nutritional um, benefits of different foods. But the reason you're going deep into this is so we can put together a training, a physical training manual, i.e. that TMP, uh, to to start to train people on why different types of fitness are good for you, are good for your mental health, why different foods are good for you, good for your mental health, blah, 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 all the way down the line with the eight. But that is that is the point of what we're doing now. So, I mean, that's that's gold. Um, but like with the food stuff, I just, just full circle back real quick. So the current... 99.999% of the people on the planet, when they think I've got to start fix my diet, they go to macros. Like coming back to the to the mice real quick with the, the fat guts and the non-fat guts, eating the same food, give one of them gut bacteria from an obese rat and it eats the same food as the other rat and it gets fat. No change in macros. They're both eating the same stuff. Correct. So like- and And – uh, mate, this is—it's been evident in in cultures across the world between what the fuck they're eating. Um, some cultures have eat so so we're talking about ancestral diets, not paleo specific, but whether they're from uh, there's tribes in PNG that eat sweet potato. Like predominantly, ninety seven percent of their diet is sweet potato, with some they're, they're pig herders and they eat a little bit of pig. Um, or there's tribes in Africa. That eat predominantly just goat's blood, or like like or whatever their whatever their herd is, right? It's blood, meat, and pretty much all meat, no carbs. It's it's where you're getting it from. It's the quality of it, but it's it's the gut bacteria. So we're in a world where we use uh, antibacterial stuff from birth. C sections are a massive thing, and up until recently, I I don't know when they started taking swabs of the vaginal canal and starting the and wiping it and, and starting the microbiome of, of the baby that, that come out. But I couldn't imagine it was still fairly recently, you know, the last 10 years or something. Mm. Um, and then they talk about kids going and playing in the dirt, literally going outside, playing in the dirt at a young age, getting a diversified gut microbiota. Um, and then that carries them through. And as we age and as we get older or through our diet and lifestyle, we start to, so they have this massive varied diet of, of uh, it's refrigeration that, that really fucked us because the reason why they pickled stuff back 200 years ago is they didn't have refrigeration. So they had pickled everything and, and everything was dried, salamis, cheeses, pickles, fermenting, and it was all just prebiotics for bacteria, the good stuff. And then we got refrigerators and they're like, nah, you just eat it and put it in the mm-hmm. fridge fresh vegetables, fresh fruit, and our gut microbiota, the, the, the species in our stomach is what I'm talking about. The different species get less and less um, because we're one-track dieters. Like we, or we, go have, we all have our go-to meal that we eat five days out of the week if we're, you know, the mind-numbing. And so we get to this point where your, your microbiota is gone. And yeah. some of those good strains are the ones that stop you from getting that literally stop you getting obese from diet. They're, they're strains of bacteria that will stop you becoming fat from a poor diet. Mm. And, and then, I mean, and then you got, yeah. Go. Sorry, I'm chopping. And you got these, you got these, you got these people that sit at home and they're like, oh, I just need to count my macros and I need to know 
um, calorie in, calorie out. You're like, yeah, that's all depressing and, and works on a different side of the whole thing. Um, but if your gut flora is not there to break down particular foods or if it's not there to help you to get nutrition from some of them, you're going to overeat or feel full longer. Um, so many different things we can do. And once we get our it's, – it's starting to really annoy me because um, – the new normal, we can let's use the COVID phrase, the new normal. When people don't smash piss and they sleep well, they're like, I feel amazing. Like, no, you don't feel amazing. That's normal. That's how you're supposed <laughs> to feel. You, <laughs> you feel baseline. You feel baseline. <laughs> if, if it feels amazing, your body has adapted to being terrible. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean that's I, I, we won't. I don't think we're going to sleep today, but that's the stuff that I've been looking into deeply, and that is one of the first things um, that people bring up when they're researching sleep. They're like, "You, you take to be at a week or but two weeks, and then you whatever you're at, that becomes normal." And we used to, you used to know this, like when you go out bush, you only get four to six hours sleep a night. If that, after a couple of days, you're not tired. Like you're just like, "I am uh, like that. I'm I'm this is normal yeah. again." And you're like, and if if you get no sleep one night, you're like, I feel fucked. And then you get four the next night, you're like, oh, I'm good again. Like, no, you're not good. You're back to that shitty normal that you thought was good. So like drinking alcohol, smoking cigarettes, the human body is this amazing thing to adjust and to adapt. First time you tried smoking, you're like, you're coughing your guts up like a 12-year-old back around the sheds, you know, and then you're like, no, I'm going to train my body to ingest this poison. So like drinking alcohol, smoking cigarettes, the human body is this amazing thing to adjust and to adapt. First time you tried smoking, you're like, you're coughing your guts up like a 12-year-old back around the sheds, you know, and then you like, no, I'm going to train my body to ingest this poison. I have to like this because I'm cool. Yeah. But, mate, the, so the start sticking on the macro thing real quick, and I'm, I'm half – Hesse is going to kill me because he loves tracking macros and I keep pulling him up on it and he's going to think we did this podcast just to, just to rag on macros. But the gut bacteria stuff – People need to be paying like that. If, if you want a pyramid, like where what you need to focus on the most, everyone always starts with with macros at the bottom, then micros, and then I mean gut bacteria. If it comes into it, you that's random. It's not it's not a lot of people who even consider it at the moment. But if you're saying like you kill your healthy gut bacteria and your body won't be able to regulate um, obesity or, or fat properly. The best, the, the the most common way, or the quickest way to kill all your gut bacteria is to overdose in processed sugars carb- and refined carbohydrates and sugars, right? So you're getting 30, 30 to forty percent of the Western world right now that's clinically obese because they're smashing sugar in every meal, like processed carbs. We still stick to our government still says the, the food pyramid baseline carbohydrates. Fucking wake up yourself, but. The, you're eating carbs in, in almost every meal of the day, most of them refined, and then you're snacking through the middle on biscuits and donuts and sugar and shit. So everything you're eating is just killing your gut bacteria. And then you get to the point where you're 50 kilos overweight and you're like, oh, I need to lose weight. You go to an expert who tells you, monitor your macros. So they're saying, keep eating carbs at every meal, but just eat less of them. And like they're missing the whole fucking point. Like, if I'm not, I, I never want to go and say that calorie deficit is something you just want to data dump. Like, yes, if you're overweight, you should eat less food, hundred percent. Like that's that's fairly basic. But you, sh- one, you need to stop eating all that shitty sugar. Increase eat like eating a lot more healthy gut bacteria, and then well natural foods meats vegetables nuts fats whatever but get your gut flora back to normal as a number one priority that should be like common sense go to i'm obese or i'm overweight i want to get healthy again sort your gut bacteria out first then one and to do that you need to stop eating sugar i mean that by accident you're going to lose a whole bunch of weight but then you should down the track if you want to really really fine tune like the one percenters then start to monitor macros in and out. Not your primary. Yeah. That shouldn't be your go-to number one thing. Because the thing is, it's the sugars that are bad bacteria. So sugars, processed sugars is what the bad bacteria. So it's whatever you're feeding in your stomach, right? So if you're feeding 
you might still have colonies of good bacteria in there, but they never get to grow because their fuel source isn't there. But all the bad bacteria that we have in our stomach, a lot of them use complex sugar, like the sugars, the simple sugar or whatever is to as fuel. So then they just get out of control. They're like a weed garden. And then you're like, oh, I want to eat some healthy food. And they're like, well, you can eat a little bit of healthy food, but the colony's completely overgrown, whatever. So you've got to find a way of cutting them out of your diet. Then you get what, – what happens is um, when you have – Sauerkraut, you say take a teaspoon at the start because, you know, you could get gas and you could in the first couple of days to a week get gassy and bloated and go to the toilet a little bit more. And that's because it's called, it's called uh, bacteria die-off and it's bad bacteria die-off. So what will happen is you're actually fueling all this good bacteria that's starving the other bacteria food. It dies and it's going somewhere and it's going out your bum. Uh, so, and then... <laughs> To hell are we in our mid thirties and still laugh at bum jokes? Yeah, because they're funny, I guess. Because they're We're very mature. Yeah, yeah, but that's that's good to know. So here's first few days so, are going to be. Yeah, so yeah. L fermentum. So this is a scientific study, um, and when I say L, it's so th- these are all lactic acid um, bacteria, so LABs, uh, but um, they just put an L in front of it to so you don't have to say lactic, uh, blah blah blah. So it's uh, L fermentum. That re- there's the study in human beings that reduced belly fat by three to four percent over six weeks, uh, and you can get that from sourdough. There's uh, L dot um, amylflavorous. Amy, I don't know. Reduced belly fat by three to four percent, um, and that's found in piglets' intestines. Also, commonly in ours as well. So sourdough, um, we go. Sorry, yeah. have you? Can you put a put a marker in that or a pin in it so we can come back to it? Yeah. Sourdough is that? I, I I mean I put all bread into the same basket back in the day when I was like, all right, grains are cutting holes in my guts. Um, definitely processed ones. Can you can you talk about breads? I remember you brought this up the other day about like white flour being bleached and stuff. Um, but but sourdough that's got back. Is it still got live yeah. bacteria in it if you baked it? Uh. Yeah, well, we I mean, it's got – it's. I'll bang it up now while I – but but the problem with eating bread is 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 what they do to it before you get it and how they process it to, to either preserve it or to get it – I don't know, back in the day, everything white was good, so we had white sugar. How do we get white sugar? Oh, we're going to bleach it or whatever. Well, how are we going to get white flour? We've got to find a way of making brown flour white. Let's just get away of getting that color out. So um, the sourdough, how they make it, and I think how they get the – maybe how they get the bubbles into it or whatever, uh, They it's fermented. And even after baking, I think there's still stuff – Let they leave it ferment, like undercook it, let it just rise afterwards. But it's a prebiotic. It, it works as a, mm. as a prebiotic Pre- food. Yeah, Roger. Yeah, good to go. So and again, I mean, it's 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 the the basic rule with any food. Like if best foods to eat are ones that grow on the, naturally on the planet, right? And then the next best after that are ones that you know the dude who made it or you made it yourself. Like if you're getting it from a big brand that came from a factory somewhere, there is no way you're going to know exactly everything they put in that. Because if there's some shit in there that they find out they don't want you to know about, guess what? They're not going to let you know about it. But if you're getting it from Johnny the Baker down the road. Common dog fuck would say that is going to be healthier than the one that comes from the supermarket and a factory. Hundred um, percent. I think it's it's that chain of custody of, of where your food's coming from and where your bacteria's coming from. Um, fuck the like. Um, if you think uh, Metamucil, I was taking Metamucil today because it's got dietary fiber, psyllium husk, super good for your stomach. Um, it's a uh, it's a insoluble dietary fiber. It goes in at one end, goes out the other. Some bacteria use it to to um, as food, the beneficial bacteria. Um, and I read on the side of the packet, I think you can get an uh, organic one now. Like uh, I saw it in the chemist the other day, but the original Metamucil uh, tub has got asparagine in it. I was like, you can't win. You're trying to do, 
you're trying to get a good gut bacteria and then you're like, well, I'm going to get headaches, migraines and cancer. Cool. That's great. <laughs> Which one do I want? <laughs> you might have to mute out, Keegan. I'm getting like racing cars going up and down your street. Is that you? Yeah, but it's a, we're on separate audio tracks, so we cut out. Oh, good to go. I'll just shut the fuck up then. Um, <laughs> so, so bleaching your bread, no good. Bleaching your meat. There's a certain fast food chain that we won't name because we like doing podcasts more than just one. Yeah. Um, bleached meat. Did you get to the bottom of that? Is it true or is it they don't? So in Australia, more? in Australia, they never did it. Mm. But in never other countries, doing it, you mean. in other countries, they stopped doing it. Oh, washing their meat, washing their meat and bleach. Yep. And that's how. By the time you get it, um, and it's what we're ingesting too. So. Um, soaps, hand sanitizers, everything you're putting in and around your mouth, your bacteria right. in your mouth, uh, mouthwash, so antibacterial mouthwash. Every it's, night, yeah, so, so I, I would have to, I mean, I haven't Googled enough in, into this as far as dates go, but we hit a time where scientists were pumping out papers or medical researchers were pumping out papers going, this bacteria is causing X, Y, Z. And so bacteria itself got a brand rep as the bad boy. Like you don't want to go near it, it's bad for you. No one was preaching the fact that there is some that's good for you, some that's bad for you. So all bacteria were grouped into the one basket going, um, they cause X, Y, Z problems, so let's kill them all. And so you started like back in our day, disinfectant hand wash and, and disinfectant soap. I don't think it was a thing when I was a kid. Like, no, it's just soap. Wash, and I wash, wash my hands if I got made to, but that was kind of it. And the soap was not antibacterial. And now everything is. Like you've got to clean your benches with antibacterials. You've got to clean your hands. Like it's just killing all the good stuff. And that's that's got to be half of the problem. Like after corona, mate, good fucking luck. If the spike in people getting sick doesn't go through the roof because we've just killed every bit of bacteria in our body. It's going to go ballistic and and – uh, one of the arguments is that there is a bacteria strain that has been proven. They've done they've done the research papers on it, um, and it has proven to to help or prevent influenza type B from having gut bacteria. And mm-hmm. we're getting rid of all this gut bacteria out of the body. We don't even know. Like th- this isn't fringe science. This is just early on. Like th- they said that the the pr- so pre two thousand and five. When they did these peer review studies and 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 they'd have, they'd get journals that they'd have to review, they might get from the world five a month coming in, and then from two thousand and five onwards, they started getting sort of a thousand coming in every month, and now it's just phenomenal. Like people are just really looking at at our microbiome as the first step to the to human health, uh, and and that is exactly what it is. Your immune system comes from your, your stomach. Your this your uh, what's the happy what's the happy drug we make serotonin. Serotonin yeah. doesn't get made in your brain; gets made in your stomach. Ninety percent of the serotonin you make in your body comes from your stomach, not from your brain. Uh, and and how so it communicates. For anyone looking for a penny dropper, that's where you eat shit food all weekend, smash fish on the weekend. You're going to be pretty depressed on Monday. <laughs> going to be depressed. Mix that with a bit of lack of sleep, but, mate, it's what you put in your guts. And that's what – I mean, it communicates with the gut-brain axis. It communicates through the, like, vagus nerve, through all different – like the – and it's in constant communication. The second largest is a cluster of neurons outside of our brains and our stomach, and it is literally communicating the whole time we spoke about on Cobes' uh, podcast about the sympathetic, parasympathetic, and how they work together. Uh, and you can do the same thing by eating. You can put yourself into those particular states. Uh, and by doing this, we're going to actually start being able to teach people, don't smash piss, don't kill off your gut bacteria. Um, like... Uh, even as much as they're saying fitness, if you go for a walk or a run, it changes the diversity of your gut bacteria. So there's particular gut bacteria that will grow more, the beneficial stuff. So we're saying now if you run, um, you get positive gut bacteria, like good stuff. You're eating right, 
your gut. Why are we doing it? Like, what? Why are we getting those health benefits? And then one of the other ones is uh, sleeping. We ha- everyone talks about the circadian rhythm, as in there's one clock in your body, and there's not. There's multiple. There's circadian circadian rhythms, and it is a internally it's endoge- endogenic. I think that's a for it doesn't need like it's a twenty four hour clock. And it will run no matter what. If you're in a dark room, it will tick over anyway. It'll, it'll, it'll go out uh, of time. And what happened is over the years, uh, it is got it, it does get its sensory information from uh, our visual senses, our eyes. So our internal our body clock for our sleep-wake cycle is one circadian rhythm, and it adjusts by light. That's why they say don't do blue light before bed. Um, mm. wake up in the morning, you see the sun, you, you feel like you're awake. It's designed to adjust to its environment so that as we're going through, we can adjust to the sun rising and, and going down every morning. The same thing is our gut microbiomes, a bacteria, have a, a circadian rhythm as well. And if you eat at the wrong time, so shift workers, eating two hours before going to bed, knocks your circadian rhythm of your digestive system out, like nearly instantly. If you go, and and that's one of the first things we do, we get on the piss, we're soaking our body in alcohol, we don't sleep, and then we go and have a big big bloody hamburger, cheeky kebab on the way home at 2 in the morning, and then you don't wake up till bloody 2 o'clock in the hour. You don't drink. (laughs) (laughs) And then you hate yourself on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the next week. And you don't join the dots and you're like, oh, I must just be having sad thoughts. No, you just destroyed all you got for over the weekend. And then your body resets the new normal. Like you hear about people saying, I was depressed for years. I just didn't know it until they got happy. They're like, oh, it's just the new normal. Mm. I just, if I hear the new normal one more time, I'm probably going to kill someone. <laughs> Good to go. What's the key takeaways? Oh, mate, actually, yeah, no. Did, what, what are the key takeaways is probably not a bad question. I just got excited because I saw this gut test that I've got to unwrap in a minute. Oh, in there. Yeah. Came from the States. Came from the States. Where have you got to it? All right. Oh, I've got to poo in, the, poo in a jar first, mate. We'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> You're going to do that online? Well, I was going to do it. I was going to do it as a – I'll do the – I'll unbox it um, and we'll just record it here. And then when I actually go to use it, I'll have to wait till the morning, mate, um, when I do big coffee poos. But I'll go through like the, the process of it, obviously not the sample um, extraction, but <laughs> the basics of it, it's pretty simple, man. You just get a little swab, chuck it in a jar um, from what I've seen on their website. Like it's a good, good brand. We'll go through it in two seconds. But um, so what about – the boys, like to, to say, to be realistic, all right, you, you, you say to the boys um, and girls, smash and piss kills your gut flora, uh, makes you unhappy, don't do it. Everyone's going to be like, yeah, good good advice, man. I'm going to stick to that for about anyway. one weekend. Whatever. So what do you do? You, you go out and you have smash too much piss over the weekend. Is the process after that to try and recover by Sunday hangovers, fill yourself with probiotics? Is yeah, there, so, a, pro- is there <clears throat> a protocol? There, there's stuff. So before we get in, before that, uh, so one of the big ones is like they've, they've done studies saying that, that red wine, a glass of red wine at night time can actually be beneficial to your gut bacteria. Um some beer, like if you have a beer or two, can be beneficial to your gut bacteria because you're putting some yeasts in there. Uh, but then you go out and you just literally like tequila, and and you, it's the it's the the increased level of of alcohol or ethanol. We're going like over sixty percent alcohol. You're like your gut, you will destroy it. And I think it's continually doing it. Like when we binge drink or do three or four days of a week every week for years going out one night and having a bender on your birthday you know once a year or once every couple of months it's not it's your your gut bacteria will survive it's doing it consistently bad habits unhealthy 
But how do we recover afterwards when we're super hungover and we hate the world? Because um, we, we're either going to do big after grog going to the toilet or we're going to be throwing up and throwing up the whole contents of our stomach, right? So if there were protocols you could do, it would be uh, if you can take it, I would say start repopulating with some probiotics. So start off with the simple stuff, the dairy um, and cabbage, sauerkraut. That I'd, I'd start there. Try and get that back in your body uh, as probably the biggest one to start with. Get the prebiotics back into your stomach and your intestines so that the, the bacteria that's in there can keep feeding. Mm. So... You get it like everyone gets hungover and eats shitty food all day. So the idea is, if you know you're going out on a bender, set yourself up for good recovery by prebiotic food. Go and get sourdough. Yeah. So, so the problem get. is, yeah, the get. Uh, so hot dogs. You can do a German hot dog, which is sauerkraut, uh, bratwurst, bratwurst full of bacteria as well, beneficial bacteria. Um, Proper bratwurst, a- not the ones you get from Aldi that's been on the boat coming over for 45 <laughs> months. That just tastes like preservatives, mate. Yeah. get going. Uh, your local delis are good places to go and look at, at some of your local. Um, um, we've got a Skinny's Diner in Towns or Skinny's Deli, and they have all the, like, legit bratwursts hanging, all their salamis. But there's stuff salamis, you can do. Salamis, I'm not sure, man. I'm not sure about salami. So uh, original back in the day, salting meat, hanging up, air dried, whatever, that concept, sick. Century passes and they're like, all right, it's 2020. People just want salami. They don't want – they don't they're, – they're not looking at it going, I like it because it's the way it's preserved and it's all natural. They're like, oh, I just like salami. So then companies like um, Primo and they, they go, oh, people want salami, so let's just take some meat jam it full of preservatives, stick it in a big fridge for a couple of months or whatever it is, and it's full of chemicals. Like that's not that's not healthy, dried, ancient European preserved meat. That's that's a bit of pig with some poison that tastes like salami. Like that's again, like you it's it's about trying to that's it's chain of custody of your food, finding it like there's there's Italian dudes in Sydney. There's probably a few different um European backgrounded like families that have got family meat hanging businesses and they are all well they say preservative free um you'd hope so but you can taste the difference like you get it and it's like that tastes like food it doesn't taste like that shit that comes out of a packet that's 50 percent plastic yeah 100 and and that goes in with uh like the salamis you eat out for actually talking about going out field um uh antibiotics that everyone takes for months on end Go on a tully, you're taking doxycycline. That is a broad spectrum antibiotic. Broad spectrum means it kills everything. Everything. Right? <laughs> if you go over to T- if you go to Timor um, and you go there for six months, you're on doxy for six months. People are like, what? Yeah, it's an anti-malarial drug. Uh, kills everything. And they're starting to link poor gut flora and particular strains and poor gut microbiota to uh, actual PTSD and 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 the likelihood of developing it, and then on the other side of that, like like where was the metric? Why do some people get PTSD and some people don't? Or some people just steep down sociopaths, and or what was the metric and why was the field so varied? And they, they, so they're starting to look at, yep, okay, your childhood, the stuff that we started looking at, like what was predisposition in these people, you know, social isolation, all these things are part of that as well, but they're looking at your your gut flora because that can literally turn around your mental health directly you can directly affect your mental health in a positive way with gut with positive gut flora um so guys sitting in the army going to team off for six months or wherever they're going they are literally just putting spraying bloody roundup on their guts for six months coming back and going i don't know why you're upset eat double doxy eat, eat a doxy every day and then every night we'll just spray some fogging in your tent 
It'll be good for you. <laughs> and then and then go to the me- the mess in Timor. It's like uh, this food came from packets from uh, a twenty hour flight away. Like that's and then it sat in a shipping container for a month before you cooked it or reheated it. Like hundred percent, mate. You you come back from six months over there and you've got a weed garden in your guts. Yep. Definitely. I got hospitalized after Tully for two weeks with a, with a gut infection. So, yeah. Mate. And I haven't been the same since, and I've had crazy skin issues, like rashes all over my body. I get literally once a week, and no doctor ever listened to me. I was like, I think it's my gut health. And then mm. now I start to be like, yeah, it's your gut health. You've got bad gut health. That's why you're getting all these rashes. And it's from, from that, from those broad spectrum antibiotics that screwed me up, I reckon. Mate, um, I had a little, I'm, I'm not like, so one of the, this is why I really got into it. I, I sort of had a look, started taking them, um, and I had a bit of eczema on my stomach and on the top of my ass crack, right, right at the top, and I could never get rid of it. Steroid creams, everything. I'm like, no shit, mate. I started taking these pre- prebiotics and probiotics, and within two weeks, it's both gone. And, and I haven't changed anything else. I, I, I train and, and exercise as much as I've done everything. I'm sleeping better doing the eight-week challenge, but I don't think sleep in its own can get rid of it. And that's why I was like, man, and one of the positive effects of one of the strains that we can list and go through with people uh, has actually got one of their beneficial things is clearing up skin skin problems. Yeah, most skin problems that people have are autoimmune problems and your immune system is your guts. So if you're killing, if you've got nothing but bad bacteria or dead bacteria in your guts, your skin breaks out. Like I, I get the same thing, I'm either on my face, there's nothing there now, thankfully. Um, I always get the same one when I was in the army, um, right at the top of your ass. I used to think it was just from getting sweaty, run, like lots of sweat dripping down my back, sits there for a bit, go for running, then I was like, I haven't been out bush in three months and it's still there. I'm like, ah, I've been eating really, really shitty food. And it is like when you said it's, it's not just about it's sleep, like obviously we do this thing holistically for a reason, but gut bacteria looking forward is got to be up there with number one or at least one of the top two priorities. Yeah. Good gut health and so, sleep. Man. I brought this up on, I mean, this is out of this book. I keep forgetting, is it? I think it's why we sleep. Um, the dude was like, um, priorities, and this this is just touching on sleep real quick. He's like, everyone, we always turn to fitness. I was talking to Coz about this the other day. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm feeling unhealthy. What am I going to do? I'm going to change nothing, but I'm going to go for a run. I'm going to start training. And he's like, sleep, food, and fitness. Which one is most important? And he's like, don't do all of them for a week and see what happens. And it's like, you don't eat and you don't, you don't eat and you don't train for a week. You're, you're going to be all right. Like you're pretty hungry. Don't sleep for a week, and you're proper fucked. But I think with gut bacteria, as far as like what you, how you feel, as soon as you start eating probiotics, it's almost probably two days for me. Two days later, and I'm starting to feel good again. Eat shitty food. Like if I if, forget going out in the piss, if I eat shitty food for two days straight, or every meal for one day, I'm cooked, mate, for three days. Like. I need to recover. Yep. Yeah. Anyway. Mate, you got any other zingers to drop before I unbox this thing? No, nah, I think we'll, we'll do a bit of an unboxing, mate. There's plenty of so zingers in there, but. Yeah, have you been writing this down? Are you going to chop it up? We've got to chop up some, some hot topics for socials. Yeah, mate, so this, I don't, I'm not spruiking this yet because obviously I haven't used it, but it's called Thrive. ThriveInside.com. And all it is, it's from the States. Unfortunately, Australia's like pretty far behind. Anything medical, um, yet they still make you do it the 1940s model of going to a GP then going and sitting in line at like a, a clinic to get your poo or your blood or your whatever tested, whereas in the States, a lot of these companies are starting to privatise it. But big thank you note. That's nice. Um, they got an app apparently that that's just a link to to identify which kit's mine when I send it back. Uh, no, it's just an envelope. 
to send it back in. And then there's these two things. Oh, fuck, I'm good at this. All right, let's just do it. All right, collect, collect and send. It's pretty simple. It's sick packaging. So if, if nothing else, I mean, is that a warning side? If you're really good at marketing and packaging stuff, is that a good way to hide it? The fact that you're on. Uh, but but fecal matter, fecal transplants, fecal matter transplants, and uh, 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 have got proven results for efficacy. Um, outside of that, doing fecal tests is a good way of checking your microbiota. The other one that they can do, but you you can do that is more intrusive is is getting a um they they scrape your mucosal layer or your your membrane of your intestines because mm. there is certain bacteria that that doesn't. It doesn't equate to what's in your poo as to what is in some of your intestines, but it's yeah. a good gauge good gauge of where you are. How... So what's the go with this? This is super gotta... simple, man. So, it's, I mean, it's all it's all um, follow the bouncing ball, collect. I mean, it's on the front. You do a shit, get the toilet paper, and they give you like a, a double swabber. So you're not touching anything. You're just wiping, taking a wipe off your toilet paper and then stirring it in this thing. And which I'm then bin that, send that stuff away. It's all just labeled. And then it tells you to, one second. Oh, the packaging's sick. Then pre labeled. I won't show you that stuff. It might have a name on it. Oh, it's just instructions on where to send it. Sample tags. Prepaid box. Send it back. Then to America. Is, is it prepaid to America or prepaid? Yeah. It's prepaid to Virginia Avenue, California. That's good to go. First class packaging. There's even a um, a bio sample thing in there for customs so customs people let it go and then you download their app or go to the website use your id and well don't use mine actually that's probably a bad idea someone <laughs> sneak on and check out what my poo looks like um that is super simple and again like what I'm, are uh, your well, from what I've heard, I so said the, the person who recommended this to me said the the app that they got, um, the the info they got back was your gut bacteria levels, what's in there, um, and then recommended pre probiotics to get recommendations for what you should be eating more of, um, and in what quantities so that you can get healthy gut bacteria growing. So, again, like I'm not promoting this shit until I just showed everyone what it was just so we can kind of have a little think about it. I won't. I don't want to endorse it until I've actually got the results back and we can see that it's not just all fluff, but there's 180 bucks. That's fairly cheap for something that I didn't have to leave home to get done. Like I just ordered it online, turns up, and the people who, who told me about it said that they were pretty impressed with the results and the, the info that came back. So we'll see. Next week, two weeks. I don't know how long it's going to take to get back, but it says two weeks. That might be American, so we'll give it three, four, and then we can talk about my poo sample in the next podcast. I'm excited. I'm also drinking this stuff, which I can't endorse yet, but one of the boys from Schwebsy's work, it's called Nano Water. It's got it's got super micro bubbles in it. Um, just tastes like flat water, but... Apparently, it's, it's got 25 parts per million, way more oxygen than normal water. The placebo effect, when I drank the first one, placebo made me feel like Superman, and then today I drank it, and I just feel like a normal person drinking water. But I guess if there's something exciting that makes you drink more water, it can't hurt you. Whatever that's you do to get more water, and I think that's a big one. Yeah, three liters a day. I actually shot some videos yesterday. I've got my $3 Kmart glass water bottles to fill up every morning. I've got three of them. They're a litre so that I force myself to drink three litres of water a day. Well, mate, that's why I'm, I'm almost – I don't want to come – I don't know how much we, we want to put in people's heads so I don't come across. If anyone actually knows me, I'm definitely not crazy and I'm definitely not a hippie. Uh, but I'm probably going to move away from 
uh, probably drinking chlorine, chlorinated water, like tap water. I just think we'll see how we go. Like the, the stuff they put in there is in there to stop diseases, diseases growing. Bacteria. Or, they put, you, you put chlorine in your pool to kill everything. Yeah. And then someone was like, ah, oh, we should put it in drinking water too. Nope. Why, uh, why, why is the obesity levels going through the roof? There, I mean, there's other stuff we're talking about. They talk about nut seed oils and not, not um, like your cooking oils as well when we talk about uh, – so 80 grams of nut seed oil um, works out calorie-wise to be 730 calories. And that also get like it's a whole nother whole nother thing to open up. Doesn't include coconut nuts, like coconuts. Um, does include avocados, but we're talking like like you know rice bran oils and um, peanut but peanut or all the all the all the nut oils that we cook with, and and there there's some pretty crazy um, graphs of when they introduce nut seed oils. And the level of obesity and, and how it's gone up mm. as they've destroyed our gut microbiota, as we've increased chlorination, like chlorine into the drinking water, all these things and their obesity levels going up. Some people just have a better microbiome than others, and some people, so you know, your calorie deficits can be more efficient. But I just think you got an uphill battle. Yeah, I think that's that's a tough one. Like nutrition and dietetics has always been a soft science because what's science everyone's like oh i only believe i only listen to science like yeah what science one year is is probably not going to be in, in the next five or ten and you got to look at where it's coming from but the default fallback is what were they doing 100 years ago before or 200 years ago before fridges and before they started pumping chemicals into shit what were they doing then and why did we change and if you look at it you're like there was no need to change we should just be eating natural food like they were back then you're good to go. You can't really go wrong eating natural food. The biggest – so my sister's just had a kid, right, and, that like, you know, mum, when they're like, no, I'm breastfeeding, I can't drink alcohol, I can't do it because it's going to come through in the breast milk. But the same thing they pump, uh, like, into animals pre-slaughter, uh, I thought they gave them – and this is a whole other segment, but uh, I thought because they start feeding them grain – and I mean, this could be a, like it's a holistic. You got to look at it holistically. Before they put cows to slaughter, they start feeding them grain. Do they then get sick because of the grain they're feeding them, or um, and then they have to give them antibiotics? A counter argument and a, a study uh, I saw the other day was they're actually giving them antibiotics to destroy their gut flora to fatten them up before slaughter. Mm. So it uh, absolutely crazy, mate. Yeah, right. Fuck. Yeah, there's a, there's a butcher. I forget it. I think it's – is it Craig Cook? I think he's the one down here that's like it's a slowly expanding chain. All they do is grass-fed. Well, I would hope last time I went and they were. It was all grass-fed natural meat. Um, but then again, like as they get bigger and bigger and bigger, do they get compromised? Hopefully not. Um, you can go to like local markets or go to local farms, get a whole cow – Get it chopped up for you, chuck it in the freezer. But I think the best way, mate, we're going to have to, and this is taking a leaf straight out of Rogan's book, obviously stealing all these good ideas. We've got to start hunting. We've got to start mm-hmm. going out and finding. There's, there's, mate, that property I went, I think, did, did Steph put it on socials the other day? Uh, one, uh, down near the Snowies? The cabins? Yeah. Yeah. So I went down to went down to Threadbow with, with Jonesy because he was down there for work and I just went down there to do a bunch of stuff. On the way back, one of the boys we met down there that works for Threadbow Resort, um, he's an ex, ex-cab, um, and he's. I was like, mate, we've got to get. A, we're trying to find properties down here. What do you What do you know? He's like, oh, I own one. I got two hundred and fifty acres out, like west, just north, um, northwest of uh, Jindabyne. We went and checked it out. It's pretty run down the property, but I mean, you're not going to go there. You're not going there looking for five star accommodation, but. Um, it was sick, mate. On the Snowy River, um, 250 acres, like just bush into the hills, deer everywhere. Oh. And so we needed we get so I mean, it's, it's it, the wheels are in motion. We've got to start taking some boys down there to go shooting, get some proper proper free range meat. 
and then eat it with homemade sauerkraut. Get somebody, get some German sausage in you. Yeah. Sauerkraut. <laughs> Mate, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. I've only just taken the lid off it, um, but just keep seeing how we go. Sweet. Right, I've got to wrap up anyway. I've got to get out of here. Is there anything else? No, man, I think that's it. So we're going to plan going forward. If anyone listens all the way to the end, hopefully people do, we're going to start doing these every week, yeah? Um, while Corona's starting to open up, if we are going to keep doing them like this instead of um, all being in the same spot, we've, we've the, the list of potential guests is about 20 long at the moment. So, um, yeah, we'll start bringing people on again as well if this one turns out all right. There we go. Good to go.